We're starting off this Sunday on the first Sunday of uh, December on a new series called The Gift. And we're going to look at, uh, during the month of December, some of the gifts that God's Word tells us that we should be enjoying during the uh, Christmas season. And the one that kind of links with that word enjoy is the gift of joy. So we're going to look at that this morning. The gift of joy. And I hope that everybody had an enjoyable Thanksgiving with family and friends. And uh, got things started off uh, getting ready for the Christmas season. And I hope that you didn't uh, do much damage on Black Friday of wrestling with folks out there during the holidays. Luke chapter 2 and verses 1 through 14. The gift of joy. As we look at that this morning, uh, one of the things that uh, happens around our house and within our family links during the Christmas season. And before I get into that, I want to make mention that uh, wasn't it a joy to have a new instrument with us this morning, Shay on the violin. Must give her a hand, yeah. Now, if she this morning she was on the violin, if she goes Celtic on us, it'll be a fiddle then. So we'll kind of see how that turns out. But uh, one of the things that during the Christmas season that our family uh, does, and it'll usually start as we're getting close to Thanksgiving, and that is there'll start to be some emails going out from different family members asking for the other family members' Christmas wish list. What is something that you'd like to have for Christmas? Or what some things that uh, we might could go out and shop for and find something that you would like to have for Christmas. And so that started this past week going in, or actually maybe even the week before, going into the week of Thanksgiving asking for folks' Christmas wish list. And uh, one member of the family sent links to a list of things that their different family members would like to have as they asked for our wish list. And one thing caught my attention that on one of the family members' wish lists, there was a note that this particular person, which would happen to be one of my grandchildren, said that uh, if they could get this one particular item, that's really what they would like to have. That was just, if they could just get that. And so by them saying that, they were saying, oh, I would be such a happy person and would have so much joy in Christmas if I could get at least this one particular Christmas item for Christmas. And so... By them saying that, it was a reflection that this one gift would sure give them a lot of happiness and a lot of joy for Christmas. And obviously, within the family, somebody wants to get that gift so that they can give that child some happiness and joy. But it causes us to kind of think, is it gifts that bring us joy or is it the gift of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ that should bring us the joy? Not just getting a gift that gives us joy, but it's the gift of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ that truly gives us joy. Let's look at this in Luke chapter 2, and uh, I want to kind of focus on one thing that the, uh, the angel said to, uh, to the shepherds on the hillside about the good news that should bring great joy. But let's begin in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, or some translations say taxed. This census first took place when Quirinus was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. 
And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, and here's the words of the angel, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You notice that uh, the angel announced that uh, they were bringing good tidings of great joy. And the word great there in the original Hebrew writing or in the original Greek writing is the word megas or the word that we call mega. And the word mega means to be the greatest. It's a word that if you're familiar with computers, it's megabytes. Or if you like to eat like I do, you like to go to the mega bar, which means it's a great one. It's the biggest size that you can get. And so here the angels making an announcement that they are bringing good tidings or good news that should bring mega or the best or the biggest joy, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ. And so here the angels are making the announcement that not that I've brought you a new shepherd's staff and rod or I've brought you some new sheep, but I'm bringing you the greatest joy that can be known, and that is that there's going to be a babe born who is Christ who will be the Savior of the world. And so when you think about the gift of joy, should not be reflecting on a particular gift that you get, but it's the gift of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And so I want to kind of focus this morning about this statement that the angel said about great joy. And I want to look at that word great and the letters in it, G-R-E-A-T, and just take it as a reminder to us during this season how we can be more like the gift of Christ reflect more on Christ, and truly have great joy the way that God intends for us to have that. When we look at this word great, I think the G should remind us of generosity. When we look at the reality that the greatest gift that these uh, angels could announce to those shepherds was not a staff, was not a sheep, but it was the gift of Jesus Christ. And when we look at Jesus' life and the life that he lived on this earth, generosity was what oozed or was demonstrated from his life over and over. And so I believe that during the holiday season, one of the things that can bring us the greatest joy is for us to be generous to other people. And when I'm talking about generosity, I want to go a little bit more than just the reality that God loves a cheerful giver and that maybe, uh, maybe you could pick it up and be a little more generous in your gifts to other people as far as family and friends. But I want to look at the reality of the generosity that Jesus showed. Did you notice that if we were to study the life of Jesus while he was walking on this earth, that everywhere he went and everybody he encountered, he never wanted to leave anybody with a need in their life. And so he was always meeting the needs of other people. He was showing generosity. 
We can look at the scriptures where there was a 5,000 people who had gathered on the hillside and Jesus was teaching them and it was getting late. And so the disciples said, let's, let's send them away so they can find, find some food to eat before it gets too late. And Jesus said, well, let's not send them away. Let's, let's feed them. Jesus didn't want to send the people away hungry to where they left him with some need in their life. But he wanted to be generous and he wanted to feed everybody. Of course, the disciples said, we don't have anything here. All we got is this little boy that's got five loaves of bread and two fishes. And what is that in comparison to this multitude of people? And Jesus rebukes them because of a lack of faith. He blesses the food. He, he breaks it and he multiplies it and he feeds everybody. And there's 12 baskets left over after everybody is fed. And so Jesus demonstrated generosity. He was giving to meet the needs of other people. When folks came to Jesus and said, would you heal my daughter? Or would you heal my son? Jesus always met their needs, didn't he? And so I believe that one of the greatest ways that we can show the gift of Jesus Christ and really experience joy in our own personal life is to be generous and to show generosity. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 19:17: He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. As a reminder to us what the Bible also says in another scripture, and that is when we give to others, it's like we're giving to Jesus. And that's what the Bible's saying there in Proverbs. When we give to those who are poor and needy, it's like we're giving to the Lord. And the scripture goes on saying, he will reward him for what he has done. So basically the Bible is saying that when we give to those who are in need, to those who are poor, to those who are struggling, it's as if we are giving it to the Lord and then the Lord blesses us back for what we have done. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you over the Thanksgiving holidays and through the Black Friday weekend and everything, how many of you encountered that red kettle out in front of some of the stores? Raise your hand. All right. Most of us experience what we call the red kettle, which is the Salvation Army that is out there and they have the bell ringers. And what they're doing is they're standing there in the entrance of the doors trying to get people to give some type of donation, whether it's just coins or maybe a dollar or two, whatever it may be. And it may seem small and insignificant, but when all those red kettles are gathered around from all the different stores that they're placed, it comes up to a large amount of money that they're able to minister and meet needs of other people. So if you just go by that red kettle and drop in a few coins, drop in a couple of quarters, or maybe you get uh, give the exciting gift to your children or your grandchildren, you give them a few coins that they can drop in there. It might be small in quantity, but that generosity reaches out and touches other people. And probably during these holidays, not only did you encounter those red kettles at the store entrances, but you probably experienced as you're traveling down the roads to go to those stores, somebody that's standing out the road with a sign that may say, one of the ones I saw was, need help, I'm a Vietnam veteran. And the first thought can be in your mind as you're rushing through the holidays is, yeah, you put... Vietnam veteran on there because you're just trying to touch my heart so that you can convince me to give you a little money. And so we can begin to think in that direction and we can kind of be cold and callous, can't we, and say, I'm not giving them anything. They should just be working just like I did. I worked all year to go out and buy these gifts. They should have been working all year so they can go out. But did you notice that you look through the scriptures that Jesus didn't analyze everybody, but he met their needs. 
Now, I'm not saying that every little sign that you see up and every little kettle that you see put out that you're to put something in there, but I'm saying that when you see the opportunity to be generous, you're never being more like Jesus than when you're giving to somebody else because Jesus demonstrated that. And so you want to have the gift of joy during this Christmas season? Then maybe you need to put a little G, generosity, in your Christmas and remind yourself what Proverbs 19:17 says, "He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward you for what you have done." I've found that in my own personal life that even when you're wondering, should I help this person or not help this person? Should I put a little money in this kettle or not put a little money in this kettle? It gives you the greatest sense of joy when you know you've taken that little extra step and you are known to be a generous person instead of a stingy person. It'll just make you feel better. It'll put a little more joy in your life. So you want to have the gift of joy? Then demonstrate generosity during this Christmas season. Then the R. R is for rest. Now some of you are thinking, all right, the generosity, he kind of hammered us on that about giving to those people in need. But I like this R for rest. Yes, amen, let's have some rest because after rushing from one place to another, and I don't know if it's uh, like some of you, when uh, Joyce and I first got married, it was kind of like the holidays kicked into high gear because now instead of just going to maybe one home for celebrating the season, we're going to multiple homes. We're going to parents, grandparents' houses, and we're trying to get it all in one day. And we're trying to, as we have children, haul them all around. And so things kind of get in a fast pace. And you can go through the whole holiday season without any rest. One of the things I noticed as I looked to Jesus, who he was the news of great joy, right? Not only was Jesus generous, but if you follow the life of Jesus, right after he would feed the 5,000 or he'd minister to somebody else's, you would see that Jesus would take the disciples aside for some time of just being alone, for some prayer and some rest, some refreshment. Some of you are thinking, oh, this feels good just talking about it. You're probably thinking, I'm really, really preacher, I'm not going to get any rest, but it sounds good talking about it anyway. R is for rest. If you really want to have some great joy during the Christmas season, I think that you need to experience what Jesus did with his disciples. And we are his followers, and we want to be Christ-like. And so I believe that even being like Christ is setting aside some time to just get aside and rest. Because we are fast-paced, and we can get through, we can be blazing through the Christmas season that our attitude at the end of the Christmas is this. I'm glad Christmas is over. I hear that every year out of somebody's mouth. And before anybody says it, let me just go ahead and say this. I hate to hear it. I hate to hear the words come out of somebody's mouth. I'm glad Christmas is over. Because I'm thinking, man, that's the highlight of the year. To celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you're already, listen very carefully, if you're already headed. Matter of fact, let me read you this in Job 9.25 that you'll see in your out there about rest. It says this, My days are swifter than a runner, and they fly away without a glimpse of joy. Isn't that good? Good in a bad way, you might say. Doesn't that just nail a lot of people's Christmas season? That your days are swifter than a runner. It's like I'm going wide open, and they fly away without a glimpse of joy. 
I don't believe that during the Christmas season the Lord wants you to come to the end of the Christmas and say, man, I'm glad Christmas is over. It'd be kind of like somebody coming to your birthday party and saying, I'm glad this party is over. And you're thinking, well, just don't come next time. I was talking with someone about something during the Christmas season and they had a negative comment, I mean Thanksgiving season, they had a negative comment about Thanksgiving season. I said, okay, well, fine, we won't do that next year. It's the way you want it. What if the Lord said that to us? Well, fine. You're glad Christmas is over, maybe you won't have Christmas next year. The days are swifter than a runner and they fly away without a glimpse of joy. Don't let Christmas fly by without a glimpse of joy. G is for generosity. R is for rest. Get you a little time to rest and enjoy the Christmas season. E is for evangelism. I believe that we would do injustice to celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ if we didn't give a little bit of some evangelism out of our lives. E stands for evangelism. I believe that Jesus expects us to tell others what the real meaning of Christmas is all about. And you know, during the Christmas season, you'll usually see some of these slogans like, the reason for the season. Sounds catchy, doesn't it? But are we really telling folks what the real reason for the season is? Or are we just jumping in with a horn blowing, get out of my way, I need that before you get it? Or should we take a little time to tell others about what Christmas is all about? In this scripture in Luke chapter 2, in that verse 10, it says, Do not be afraid. That was the message that the angel was given to the shepherds. They were obviously in fear. They're in shock. An angel glowing in their presence has now suddenly appeared and speaking to them. And so the angel says, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings or good news or the gospel. I'm coming to share the, one of the greatest things with you that could ever happen. So don't be afraid. I wonder if we not need to kind of juggle that up a little bit this this Christmas season to remind ourselves, don't be afraid. Go ahead and tell somebody what the real meaning of Christmas is all about. And I guarantee you, you don't have to work at it too hard to tell other people about what the real meaning of Christmas is. God will give you opportunities. It might be in a stressful moment in something in the Christmas season, or it might be an opportunity to you give way to somebody else and give an opportunity to share the gospel with them. But I guarantee you, God will give you some opportunities to tell others what the reason for the season is really all about. And it might be that maybe something is coming up during the Christmas season. There's one gift or one item left on the shelf. And you and another person grab it at the same time. And maybe you let them have it. And they say, well, thanks. That was awful generous of you. And you just say, well, I believe that's what Jesus Christ would want me to do. And then you begin to share with them what Christmas is all about. There'll be numerous opportunities. You'll be out eating. Maybe you just take one of our church cards that invite somebody to church. And you leave it there. And you tell them, I just want to invite you to come visit us during the Christmas season and find out that Jesus is the reason for the season. There are multiple opportunities. And I believe it would be a great injustice if we didn't show some type of evangelism by touching somebody else's life. And I can guarantee you this. For anybody in here that maybe has never shared the gospel or ever said anything to anybody, or maybe you haven't done anything recently about sharing with somebody about what the real meaning of Christmas is all about, 
If you take one opportunity during this coming week or the coming weeks, if you'll take at least one opportunity to share to somebody in some way what the real meaning of Christmas is about, I guarantee you, you'll feel good about yourself. It'll put a little more joy in your Christmas season. G is generosity, R is rest, E is evangelism, A is for appreciation. You know, people love to be appreciated, don't they? And Jesus, I believe, uh, demonstrated appreciation. Nothing makes people feel better. Nothing makes you feel better yourself than appreciating somebody. And here's what the Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Thessalonica, said in chapter 1 and verse 2. He said, we give thanks to God always for you making mention of you in our prayers. That one statement is kind of a central thing that you would see over and over about the Apostle Paul where he would say, I thank God for your particular gift. I thank God for you as a person. And I am praying for you. And I can guarantee you that there will be nothing that will help somebody feel better during the Christmas season than for you to say some type of word of appreciation to them. Whether it's some little small thing that they did for you or maybe it's some way that they serve in the church or serve God or have ministered to your family. But when you say some kind word and let them know that you appreciate them and that you're praying for them, it's going to put a little boost of joy in their Christmas season. And if they smile back at you, it'll put a little joy in your Christmas season as well. Appreciate somebody. Then we'll give you the last letter and that's the letter T. T is for time. Some of you are thinking, yeah, where are we going to get some of that? One of the hardest things probably during the Thanksgiving Christmas time is to, to use kind of a Thanksgiving expression to carve out a little time. Don't you listen to this in Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 26. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Now we use that scripture in any season to worship together, to celebrate Christ. But I think that carving out a little time not only for God in the Christmas season, we, you know, we're celebrating the birth of Christ he is the reason for the season. But we can get so caught up about that running back and forth and getting the gifts and going to certain parties and doing certain things that we forget to carve out a little time to just talk to him and let, let us spend some intimate time with the Lord. Let me challenge you. If you really want to feel good about the Christmas season and really have joy in your heart, take some time today or tomorrow and just carve out some time and say, I'm going to just take some time and spend with the Lord. I'm just going to let him know how much I love him. How thankful I am for what he has done in my life in the gift of salvation. And you know, the scripture talks about not forsaking, forsaking the assembling ourselves together. Not only take out some time just to carve it out for the Lord, but carve out some time for those who you care about the most. And you know, I care about my blood family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my father, my in-laws. I want to carve out time for them, but I love spending time with you too because you're my church family. And I def definitely don't want to neglect assembling with you, carving out that special time. 
And so if you want to really have some joy, some great joy in your Christmas season, then be reminded that tea is for time. And don't get in such of the rush of running here and there and doing this and that, that you don't spend some time with the Lord, which is the number one thing you should have on your list to carve out time. But spend some time with your family. Spend some time with your church family. And you'll find the joy of truly great joy during Christmas. So just a reminder, great, G-R-E-A-T, generosity. Find somebody who is in need and be a little bit generous. That'll put some joy in your life. Have some rest. Don't let everything just be going so fast that you're like a runner and you don't even get a glimpse of joy. Get some rest. Have some evangelism. Share with somebody what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. Appreciate somebody. Let somebody know that you noticed something about them and what they've done with their life. And then tea for time. Spend a little time with the Lord. Spend a little time with your family. Spend a little time with your church. Spend the time that will truly refresh you and bring you joy. Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I thank you, God, for the reality of this message that the angel brought. I come to bring you good tidings of great joy. Good news of great joy. And Lord, I believe that one of the greatest gifts of the Christmas season is the gift of celebrating you. And when we truly celebrate you, that will cause us to experience the gift of joy. So God, I just want to pray a prayer for everyone in here this morning. Lord, especially for someone here that has never accepted you as their personal Savior or maybe they're unsure of their salvation. The greatest gift of joy is the gift that we receive of salvation. So today, maybe if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior or if you're unsure of your salvation, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift of salvation today. So if you want to just take a moment silently in your heart to say these words after me, something like this. Dear Lord, I feel your Holy Spirit speaking to me. Lord, I know I've made some mistakes. I know I've messed up sometimes in my life. But today I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I ask you to save me today. Now while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning to accept Christ as your Savior and you really meant that, I want to rejoice with you. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip up your hand just a second while nobody's looking around just to say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer and I invited Jesus in my heart today. Yes. Are there others? Yes, praise the Lord. In just a moment, you can put your hand down. In just a moment, we're going to have a song of invitation. And I want to invite you, if you prayed that prayer, to invite Jesus in your heart to come and take my hand. Say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, and I really meant it. And I want this day to be the day I am beginning my journey of living for the Lord and knowing the joy of the Lord. Maybe you uh, are here today, you already know that you're a Christian, but... Some of these things that the Lord shared with us today about really having great joy kind of spoke to you in your heart and your life. That you need to make some adjustments to truly focus on the real meaning of Christmas and having great joy in your life. And you want me to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't want to miss the real meaning of Christmas. I don't want to miss out on the joy of Christmas. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Lord, I just want to thank you, God, this morning for those who have made decisions. For those who have prayed to receive you, and Lord, there's no greater joy I take than getting to pray with someone.
who has accepted you as their personal Savior. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that this day will be the day of beginning a, a deep journey of living for you and serving you. But, Lord, I pray also for those who are already Christians, but as we looked at your word this morning and we saw the message that the angels brought, to fear not that they had brought good tidings of great joy. Lord, my prayer is that if there's things that have distracted some from really experiencing the joy of Christmas, has caused them to really kind of get distracted from the real meaning of the season. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just restore that. Lord, that you would just give them a great joy during this Christmas season. That they can show some generosity, get a little rest, show a little evangelism, give a little appreciation to someone, and just carve out a little time to really have great joy. And Lord, I know that when those things occur in their life, Lord, they're going to really know the joy of what Christmas is all about. And so, Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor and then we give you glory for those who have made decisions today and what you're doing in their lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.